Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it after the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. Here goes Davis. Oh, my God. This is going running all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. And tonight, hey, it was BYOG bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit until the last one. Kick is blocked. Kick it to the Be carefully. Eyes on me. We feel sorry for ourselves. We didn't play that football. You know it, I know it. But you didn't quit. You didn't quit. We come in close. I'm ticked off by the result. I'm proud of you guys. But you fought. And you fought. And you fought. Great. Thank you for joining the ESBC podcast. Where the purpose of every podcast is to make us both uh, money using business and financial concepts to do so. I have an MBA, uh, securities licenses, clients that were 50 million and above for years and years and years, decades. And they come back because I'm fortunate enough, lucky, fortunate, and good that they're making money in the richest country in the world by far, right? $139 trillion market that some country's best year is our worst recession year. So uh, to that end, we use business and financial concepts to bet on football games. And uh, I have the top 10 rules of betting. I encourage you to read them, practice them, uh, so you can make $71,000 like we did last year. So every single podcast is a business meeting. Every single business meeting has to have a specific purpose and a specific outcome. That's what? Repeatable, scalable, right? It's repeatable and scalable. That makes it business. That's what we do here. We teach business and financial concepts and we give you a fish, but we don't just give you a fish. We teach you how to fish. We teach you how, how to bet these games. So you make as much money as possible with the highest and best use of your time. So uh, number two, uh, you know, the ten top 10 rules of betting that I talked about, the second rule of betting is always do your research number one is never bet your own team so always do your research so saturday comes up for us it's eight in the morning uh for you it might be 11 a.m might be 10 a.m for you 7 a.m for me during the football season the conference usa game is on it's on cbs cbs sports network conference usa and you want to bet the game but you haven't done your research right you can't bet it no, you can't. So now, the dog days of summer, we're doing our research on Conference USA. Right? We're doing our research on Conference USA. So we have a starting point to do research on that particular game when we start next, uh, next time. Right? Uh, when we start looking at a game, for conference USA during the season, we will 
be prepared. And uh, I love doing this uh, conference previews because as you go along, uh, you, you end up noticing uh, games, games are set up a certain way. You end up noticing uh, really favorable situations that you can monetize during the season as things break down uh, with all the rules we've had accumulated through the year. So last year we made $71,000 in college football. We made over 100,000 betting pro football. It's not my regular gig, right? Uh, I'm a financial services representative. I feel very fortunate in the richest country in the world to be able to pull this off. It might not be forever, right? So that's why we have to do our research and have the highest and best use of our times. So first thing you're thinking, I know you're thinking conference realignment. Conference USA has four teams that are leaving. They are Florida Atlantic, uh, San Antonio, the North Texas Mean Green, and then the four team is Charlotte. So what that, what that means is these Conference USA refs whose income depended on Conference USA, do you think now that they're losing money because of these guys, do you think they're, they're going to give them the call? The answer is no. So if it's close, those four teams on the road are not going to get the call. So that's something to look at when, uh, without things being equal, you're deciding on these games, right? So as we move along, we'll take note of those situations. I encourage you to take note and then take note on uh, games that I see where because we've done a research, person with the best information wins. And we're all, always arguing. We're always competing against the casino, other betters, and the person with the best information wins. So that's another a uh, big reason to do your research and to do your research early and in these dog days of summer, do these conference previews uh, that we're doing, right? So we are going to start with the team that uh, uh, Bear Bryant Jr. hates, conspired against to try to throw their program. Didn't work. They're back. Uh, they look good. You're going to stay in Conference USA or the next iteration of it. It's going to be the University of Alabama, Birmingham Bulls. Uh, teams have a plan for a season that's made uh, during and after spring practice. So they know how to mitigate summer and PRP player run practice. So the way a year goes for a college football player is January to the time spring practice starts. It's winter uh, lifting and conditioning. And from winter lifting and conditioning, you go to spring practice. Now, Willie Taggart is in this conference. I know a lot about him. 
because he coached my USF Bulls for four years. Uh, we'll get in, in depth into him because uh, when he, before and then after, I won a lot of Willie Taggart games, Benny on those games, because of how coaching philosophy breaks down with Willie, with Coach Tag, I should say. So a guy like Coach uh, Taggart wants spring practice early, right? So after spring practice, there's a long window uh, between spring practice and fall practice. So he gets more lifting time because he wants to play a very, very, very physical brand of football. So after spring practice, this is why the strength and conditioning coach at Alabama makes $1 million and Cochran, who was Curry Smart, stole him from Coach Satan, uh, makes $1.2 million. And the reason for that is that they control these guys for a long time, right? So let's say Coach Taggart, it's April, May, June, July, August, five months with a strength and conditioning coach. He's the main coach, even though as long as you're in class and taking summer classes, quarter system, whatever, you can practice with your position players, but you don't want to burn them out. You don't want to get them tired of hearing the same voice screaming at them. Maybe you have a different voice, strength and conditioning coach. So for most programs, that's the main guy. And coach, head coach has to go out recruiting uh, the rubber chicken market. And, you know, coaches go on vacation, whatever. So the strength and conditioning coach has them through after spring practice, through PRP, player run practices, which every team does things different. Some teams let the, the senior leadership handle PRPs. Some senior, senior leadership is handled by the strength and conditioning coach. Other uh, PRPs are run by the head coach. It depends on the program. There's really no wrong answer. And then you get fall practice. And then fall practice, then you start the season, right? So that's how the year kind of works out. And for the... There's two types of teams in college football. There's blue bloods and developmental teams. Person like Alabama, those blue bloods, they're great at developing players and they're blue bloods. But some teams, some coaches aren't great at developing players, but they're great at coaching, right? Jimmy Johnson said, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy and the, and the Joes. Some just relies on those Jimmys and those Joes and have successful programs. You know, Mark Rick was like that for a lot of years. And there was a lot of C. Spur used to make fun of Georgia for not developing players, right? But they had, you know, blue ship guys. You're Matt Stafford's of the world. You're A.J. Green's of the world, right? Didn't have to develop much. They were great talents. But great coaches that win, in, win year in, year out. What, seven, eight national championships Alabama has? They're great at recruiting players and developing players at the same time. Other programs, which is probably about 80% of the programs in your upper level division ones, the conferences we cover, they are, for the most part, developmental teams. Great coaches like uh, Utah, William, great developmental coaches, great at developing 
defensive lineman. This year, he got a uh, first round. Devin Lloyd, first round, linebacker out of Utah. He was developed. It wasn't a one and done like in basketball. This is a man who was developed. Now he's a first round draft pick coming out of developmental program in University of Utah. Here in Conference USA, all of these guys are developmental program. So I say that so you understand, get a basis for uh, the details that I'll go over as we move along. Now, you look at, first thing you look at is how many career starts you come back. So Alabama Birmingham has 74 career starts coming back. So developmental team, the more football you play, the better you're going to be, right? On average. So they have six coming back on offense, eight coming back on defense. The coach, Bill Clark, retired. Very, very interesting retiring time. Uh, but it was health-related. It wasn't that uh, Bear Bryant Jr. Uh, paid him off, right? which might have happened 40 years ago, where you know, Bear Bryant himself would have paid off a nearby coach to stop developing players and uh, challenging them. But there's no way at Birmingham at this point in time can challenge Alabama. Uh, the assistant coach is coming in. So what I've said the last two or three minutes is to build a foundation, right? Because we use decision science. It's used by Fortune 500 companies to make decisions. And, and what do you do is you build a basis, you identify the problem, you eliminate variables and covariables. You first you find every single variable that could be, then you eliminate variables and covariables. You use math. And after you use math, you rigorously apply logic to get to the answer, all right? So, uh, coach, he knows how to uh, find the right talent. He knows how to develop the right talent. He gets sick, he leaves, but the foundation is set, right? So, look for UAB not to drop off as much as you would think since their head coach left. Uh, as you look at their schedule, they get a bye week before going to Rice. Look for them to cover that spot at Rice. You know, I was impressed by uh, Rice as far as being able to come up. Uh, their Rice is a Harbaugh family mafia team, but we'll get to them later. At Liberty, September the 10th, uh, we got to look at Liberty, right? Got to look at Liberty. But that's the spot where you think maybe UAD as a dog will cover because Liberty has done so well recently. So they're in the same category as Coastal Carolina, uh, Louisiana, these small teams that have covered 80% of the time. However, they lost a lot of talent last year. And every year is different. And sometimes the Lions don't come up, catch up early in the season, right? You got to bet every single year individually. If you live in the past, you die in the past. So UAB uh, might have problems with depth on the offensive line. You're going to have to look late in the season. At FAU, October 29th looks like a bad spot where at first glance, before you do your individual research on that game, uh, FAU has big advantage of 
especially since it's going to be the second road game in a row after going to Western Kentucky. So that's UAB. Uh, new coach in there. It remains to see what he can do. But I was very, very impressed when doing my research on their defensive coordinator. Now, and my other job, right? Financial rep. There's always an argument. Um, you know, I just thought you decision science. Uh, next, we'll go to, you know, the same way you pick a game, football is the same way you pick an investment, same way you pick a stock. So there's always a fight between fundamental analysis and technical analysis. Tech, nobody's ever gotten rich using technical analysis. A lot of people have gotten rich using fundamental analysis. So that's what we do here. We use fundamental analysis. And one of the five tenets of fundamental analysis is you analyze the corporate governance, governance, corporate governance. Who is the CEO? Is it Elon Musk, right? Elon Musk is in the news. Oh, he's going to buy Twitter, not buy Twitter. He's going to court. It's because he is the leader, right? He is Tesla. He is SpaceX. You invest in Tesla when it started, when I did at 70 bucks. Now my $10,000 that I put in Tesla at 74 bucks, 2011, it's now 600 bucks per share. You do the math, you divide 75 into 10,000. And then the spread is what that stock is worth now in my retirement account because of Elon Musk. So you gotta study the corporate governance. The defensive coordinator for UAB is lights out. He's a good coach doing the research. The man's name is David Reeves, as far as I know, not uh, a relationship to the Reeves family from University of Florida. But the man can coach some defense. What does that mean to us? It means with all things being considered, you're going to look at the under for UAB, right? So under UAB is what you're going to be looking at to start with, right? So those are your UAB Blazers from Birmingham, Alabama. Now, one of my favorite teams is your Roadrunners from the University of UT San Antonio. Great coach, Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor was a legendary high school coach. Uh, he was running backs coach at Arkansas. My wife would say Arkansas. He was at SMU in Texas. He was there at Texas and Mac Brown recruiting guys from high school up there, but he learned from a guy who won a national title. Now, San Antonio returns 121 career starts on that offensive line. They were 12, 12 and two last year. They returned eight on offense, five on defense. Look for them to be in a lot of shootouts. But early in the season, the defenses, uh, Match up well. So you got to look at that Houston game September the 3rd. Uh, for that, maybe to go under because both teams are high scoring teams. However, first game of the season, they want to hold things in their back pockets for things that go look, you know, for uh, bigger fish to fry later in the season, teams that they, they want to target more. 
but Vegas is going to live in the past, right? It's going to put a high line on there. So look for that first game against Houston to go under, then against Army to go under, and then at Texas. So another thing you have to calculate and research, Coach Taylor, who's he going to target? Is he going to try to beat Houston or Texas? Most likely he's not going to try to beat both. One, he's going to have more of his offense, more of his defensive schemes in. Uh, Texas is, is one you got to look at because Texas is getting ready for the SEC. They're getting ready for Arch Manning, right? So the quarterback who's in there right now, you might think he wants to do well to, to hit the portal because once Arch Manning comes in, you're going to have to pencil in Arch Manning as a starter based on what we're seeing, right? Or maybe if not, it's a possibility. Come back, everybody. So Texas is really still building, playing for next year. Uh, Sarkeesian has to get more wins than he got last year. But Sarkeesian is going to keep things in his back pocket because the big fish to fry for him is going to be Oklahoma. And Coach Taylor has to think about that, right? He's got maybe a better shot at Texas because Texas is keeping a lot in their back pocket for that Oklahoma game, which they have to win because they've been uh, beaten by Oklahoma. I think last uh, last year they beat them. And I can't remember uh, Texas beating uh, Lincoln Riley. So big game there for the Roadrunners, big game for recruiting. Houston's a big game for recruiting. Texas, uh, just as big. Then after that, they have Texas Southern, which they could just line up and beat them, you would think. So look, remember, people, too, when they look at Texas, they're just going to bet Texas the name. They don't know that because we would do our research. Most betters don't. They don't know that, hey, Jeff Taylor is a great coach. Uh, they're going to Conference USA. Are they going to uh, the AAC, I mean, next year? They're just going to bet Texas Longhorn, the traditional team. They're going to Vince, Vince Young. Well, Vince Young hasn't played there since 2009, right? Living the past, you talk the past. But it's a name program. They're going to be on ESPN. They're going to show Sarkeesian coming back from substance abuse problems. And they're not going to value as much uh, San Antonio. So you're going to have a lot of points to play. So right now, I'm, you know, well, all things being equal, I'll do my research before the game. But right now I'm thinking uh, UST San Antonio to cover at Texas and uh, look for that game to go over, over the total. All right. As uh, Texas will be able to wear them down. Right. However, uh, not before uh, – San Antonio, with those 121 career starts on the offensive line, figures out how to score in Texas. That's the way it looks right now. Getting very excited about the first three or four San Antonio games is we can monetize, pay for gas, pay for inflation, right? Mitigation, inflation mitigations by doing your research and picking the right teams, using decision science, business and financial concepts in order to make money watching football games. We will stay in the state of Texas. So San Antonio is going to the AAC next year. A big market. AAC has a lot of 
good TV markets to make earned advertising revenue. And get into that financials with um, Honaker. Uh, forgot his first name, but I think it's Greg Honaker. Uh, we did a great podcast with him. He's in the gifts department at uh, Butler University. And Butler University is, has $2 billion in earned advertising value, right? So these big markets like San Antonio, bigger markets than San Antonio, Tampa, Miami, Boca Raton area with FAU, a lot of earned marketing value for the, so the value of the conference goes up. Uh, going back one uh, to San Antonio, when San Antonio goes on the road, maybe uh, on FIU on a Friday night at UAV, uh, teams that are staying, look for the reps that are getting those Conference USA checks, not to give them the benefit of the doubt, which you factor in into your analysis your equation as you are deciding which team is going to be the highest and best use of your time while you're watching the game. You tip minors, Dana Demo, great coach. He comes from one of the greatest developmental coaches of all time, Bill Schneider, Kansas State, old school recruits, uh, JC, Richardson, and then uh, let them play for two two years. Now you can do a double Richard, you know, all kinds of machinations people can do. Uh, also, you know, gray shirts where a guy shows up uh, doing the math right at the beginning of the year, not the school year, which is different. So it's like the fiscal year, it's the first year. And they figure out how to get more time for these guys in the weight room to be able to develop them. There's where Dana Dillon comes from. They broke through last year, seven and six. They made money for us. They covered for us in the bowl game. As we studied him, he's doing a great job over there. Uh, offensive guy. So uh, more often than not, all things being equal, uh, you know, depending on mitigating circumstances, look for these UTEP games to go over. Uh, as we look at the corporate governor, so Dan and Dan was doing a great job. Uh, Aaron Price, the son of Mike Price, is a special teams coordinator. A lot of dads tell their kids to be special teams coordinators because they get the whole team in front of them. Uh, Bill Belichick over there in New England, uh, Harbaugh, right, uh, at Baltimore, were special teams coaches, and now they've become great head coaches. So Mike Price, who was head coach for a long time, has his son being a special teams coach. They're going to do a great job getting good field position, uh, position for their teams. UTEP, um, we have Brent Ratzlaff, who played for Western Kentucky. Uh, him and his mom, Allison, gave me great insight into Conference USA for the bowl season. And now we're parlaying it into our research now. And I remember Houston Baptist playing UTEP and uh, Ben Burnham 
and the, the talent level wasn't the greatest. But teams work in two-year cycles. This would be the third year uh, from when I saw that. Uh, he's upgraded the talent, and he's developed the talent well here. And things are looking up because four of the better teams are leaving. So we got a chance to dominate this conference. And, you know, uh, they're right on the border, right? El Paso. So UTEP, El Paso, tiny market. I remember beautiful hillsides and then all these trailers and all these mobile homes on this beautiful mountainsides, right? Over there in uh, El Paso. So it's a small market. So the fact that they can dominate uh, a little conference, let's say, <laughs> Conference USA, or maybe four teams, four better teams replaced by four lesser teams, the way uh, Aaron Price, the way Dana Dimmel can recruit and develop players, I think they're in a good position. Things are looking up, they're happier, right? Because they look at more stability uh, in what they're doing, and then more stability being able to dominate a, a weaker conference next year. For them, the way things uh, play out, it's, it's a positive that those teams are leaving, even though it's a negative overall for the conference. Uh, they, again, it's very important for them how many they return on the offensive line uh, because they're a developmental program. So the better you are roster management, uh, the better your team is going to be if you're a developmental program. Right, uh, Coach Willie Tiger does a good job with roster management. So UTEP returns 94 career starts on the offensive line. Eight guys coming back on defense. August 27th, North Texas comes to town. That's going to be a really good football game. So August 27th, doing my research, that's going to be a great game. Uh, look for a lot of points to be scored in that game. And uh, the excitement level is going to be high. Now, you got to think that you took that game is going to be a conference you say, Ross, they are going to get the call. So we <laughs> very, 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 very excited to look at the line and be able to predict that game. Actually, I'll have that prediction on Twitter for the 27th. I don't have a pre-prediction looking at it uh, because they have researched both teams, but again, they're in PRPs right now. We don't know what's going on in fall camp before that game, but all things being equal, uh, look for UTEP to have an edge. Then they go to Oklahoma, right? So they know they're going to get killed at Oklahoma. They just want to stay healthy, get the, you know, that paycheck, hopefully they negotiated well, got two million, but at least they got a million to go get beat up by Oklahoma. But that home game against North Texas, I see them getting the benefit of the doubt from the Conference USA refs for getting their checks, money from Conference USA against a team that's leaving, that's being traded to the conference and leaving, and that ref's paycheck might be less because of their leaving. <laughs> Remember, it's not against the law for a ref to make a bad call. Not illegal. Might be unethical. Might be immoral, but it's not illegal. Not gonna get arrested. Uh, referee's not gonna get arrested for making a bad call. Bottom line. 
And that's information. That's another thing about this podcast. We give you information you are not going to get anywhere else. So that's your betting breakdown for your UTEP minors, University of Texas, El Paso. Now we're going to look at uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, who probably have the worst receivers coach in the history of coaching. <laughs> He's got everything he handed to him, a silver plate, and just makes bad decisions. But again, this is the Helton family. We saw the bad decisions Clay made with USC. His brother Tyson is coaching the team. And they go five and seven, nine and four the year before that, nine and five last year. They won the bowl game and we covered thanks to Alf. So thank you, Alison, um, for information on the Hilltoppers that we can monetize. They have now Ben, uh, that we mentioned uh, was on podcast when he was at Houston Baptist, was a wide receiver. Over there for the Hilltoppers last year. And I think his name is Zach Keeley, was the offensive coordinator. He left. He's now at Texas Tech. They're all Mike Leach guys. His best friend is Cleanberry, who's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. New offensive coordinator is Ben Arbuckle. But I remember when I did those uh, podcasts with Ben at Houston Baptist. I tracked back and his name popped up a few times when we were doing live streams. So he was recruiting Ben and uh, listening to uh, myself break down football. I've been watching football. I'm 50 years old. So I've been watching football South Seven. So it's 43 years of watching football, talking to coaches at the Vic Sheely's of the world, head coach at Houston Baptist, who went toe to toe with Dennis Erickson and upset him when he was a defensive coordinator for UNLV, the Running Rebels. Uh, you know, John Bronson, we did a good interview with him, Mac Brown, and all through the years, right, talking to coaches and players and studying the game of football as a fan, as somebody who monetizes his time watching games and determining outcomes on a high level, right? So high level is 59% is break-even. No, 52.5% is break-even. Uh, We've had years where we've been 70%. So you want a big margin between 52.5, which is break even. You want to get up to 70%. And again, last year we made $71,000 going 61% regular season. And then the bowl season, we were higher. There were points in time we were at 70%. We finished around 65%. So we made really good money last year. And that's the point. And this knowledge we have. I'm not a coach, right? I can't coach a player, but I understand how strategy, scheme relates to uh, monetizing the game, right? So, that, so that's the whole point of looking at your hilltoppers. Uh, so again, corporate governance, we talked a little bit about that. Uh, it's not the greatest picking coaches wide receivers coach, for lack of a better word, sucks. Uh, there's an ARA team. They returned 38 career starts on the offensive line. So that means uh, Coach Helton is doing a bad job 
with roster management. Air raid teams, usually these games go over. So you might want to start picking the under because those who live in the past die in the past. The 38 uh, career starts means for us that uh, their quarterback here, the trigger man, who uh, replaces Ben Zapp, who is now with Bill Belichick in the New England Patriots. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, West Florida, D2 transfer, Austin Reed, 22-3 as a starter. Remember what I said over marginal utility. Uh, there isn't much difference between the – once you get past the elite players, let's say you have 1,000 players. 1 to 200 will be elite. 201 to 1,000, there isn't much difference. And the difference can be made up with hard work with strategy. So guys, D2, he can come in and play, but he's going to be running for his life <laughs> with a very, very unexperienced offensive line. Seven return on defense. And the problem with Western Kentucky's defense is coach likes to score fast. He wants to you know, get the alumni in the seats, make him happy. They're going to win the national title out of Western Kentucky. So you got to score points, make the alumni happy, put them in the seats. What that means for the defense is a tired defense. Their job, the defensive coordinator's job, is to make exactly one stop, right? Because Coach Helton, with his offense, feels he can score in every possession. That's the mentality going in. So the way we look at it is, okay, those who live in the past, die in the past. Brent Zapp, Ben Raslaff, uh, Stearns, all these guys are gone, all right? This is a new year, especially early in the season. They are not going to make those over numbers. You're looking at Austin P first game, and then at Hawaii, you're going to look for maybe an inflated overline. So for, I don't know what Western Kentucky is going to be doing. Their defense is going to be flat out tired, flying to Hawaii, all right? Flying to Hawaii. They are going to be tired in that second half. So maybe look for that second half, Hawaii, and the over. All right. So those are your hilltoppers, your Western Kentucky hilltoppers. Uh, look to play the under, except for that Hawaii game. Look for the over in the second half. And look for Hawaii to uh, blow them out. They'll get blow out in Indiana. So you got to look at that line in Indiana when they play them. Then you do your research. Make sure you do your research before betting Western Kentucky games the rest of the season. Next, we have one of my favorite teams, one of my favorite coaches, Coach Seth Latrell from the North. Texas, Mean Green, Dallas. They're going to the AAC next year. They score a lot of points. Uh, I remember talking to Vic Sheedy, head coach of Houston Baptist, talking about how great of an offensive coordinator, offensive mind coach Latrell is. Uh, he's done a great job developing players. Uh, this is going to be a big year for him since he has eight coming back on offense. Uh, six and seven last year, they got better as the year went along. And they covered for me. The last four out of five games of the season. So thank you, Coach. Thank you, uh, 
North Texas Mean Green. Now, Fratetta. Fratetta family. Filming Fratetta. They donated hundreds of millions of dollars to North Texas. That's why they're going to the AFC. They would have checked $75 million for their stadium, little stadium there, which is great for this type of program. So he has his hands on. So this, this is a multi-billionaire family. They own the Palms. You know, they're with Abe Poland, the owner of the Washington Wizards uh, with betting software. They're, they're going toe-to-toe with strongly families for betting software in the country. A lot of money, money on top of money. So this is one of their teams that they're on the boards of. Uh, they actually graduated. I thought they graduated from Houston because they, they paid so much money to the Houston program. And on the board of that, board of trustees, but they're also a board of trustees from North Texas. And Tillman actually graduated from here. Tillman's guy, the head guy in the secession for the Fratana family. I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it's something like that. When, when, when you read it, it, you know, it sounded out, that's what it sounds like. So that's what I'll call <laughs> All I care about is that the ticket I have cash. There's money behind it so my wife can pay for gas and lets me watch uh, the ridiculous amount of football games I watch every year. Because right. as long as she can buy expensive uh, purses and dresses and do what she wants with money, money gives you power uh, and money watching games, she's happy, right? I'm happy. So Mean Green, uh, huge for them is that the Mean Green returns 106 career starts. Eight coming back on offense, five on defense, as I mentioned before. Coach Luttrell is a offensive mastermind. Uh, what really impressed me and what shows the Fratetta family putting money into this program is that Phil Bennett, you wouldn't think that a guy like Phil Bennett who's been a head coach at SMU, defense coordinator at Arizona State. Uh, he was at Baylor from 11 to 16. Right, he's your defensive coordinator. He does not come cheap. Uh, you're gonna have to research a strategy, but he's le- at least making five hundred thousand dollars a year. So for a program like this to have a new stadium, paid for for the Fratello family, to pay five hundred thousand dollars a year for a defensive coordinator. That's not the head coach. That's a defensive coordinator. We do it, and then a mastermind on the offensive line, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Man, look for the mean green, right? So at Utah is gonna be a war. They're not gonna get the calls. At SMU, right? SMU uh, trying to get in the Pac-12. Let's see what happens with them. Right now they're in the AAC, American, and they're going to go toe-to-toe with them second game of the season. That's going to be a great game. But look for them. Look at the line. Do your research. Let's see. Make sure they don't have a lot of injuries. But that game in Memphis, September 24th. Uh, Memphis has got to think. They got bigger fish to fry than North Texas. The North Texas, with all this talent, uh, with all this coaching, Going to Memphis, uh, got to look at the over, obviously, uh, because two offensive teams to score a lot, or maybe look at the under if the line gets inflated too much. I'm thinking it's going to be inflated because the defenses haven't worn out yet in the middle of the season, and these are two teams that potentially are going to be in the same conference. So look for North Texas. North Texas basketball did well, too, in the NCAA tournament. So they're going to be a great addition to the – AAC, they have a lot of money behind them. 
and they're in Dallas, Texas. And Dallas is a nice big market, top 20 TV market for that earned marketing value that we talk about for football teams making that money. Because we live in $139 trillion market and the Fratetta family uh, have billions upon billions of dollars for a reason. Right. Then we go to Willie Tag. The Florida Atlantic Owls. Now, if you like making trips to college campuses and taking your kids, motivating them, or you just like to see beauty grid architecture because millions of dollars go into these buildings, Florida Atlantic stands out because they're right there on the Atlantic Ocean. Boca Raton is a rich area. So rich area usually has a lot of pretty women walking around, right? being hardworking businesswomen, right, who work out, uh, get educated, do well, and do good, well a corporation, right? And then you have women who are there uh, who have rich husbands, and they want to keep their rich husband uh, because, you know, rich husbands, there's a lot of competition out there, especially in Miami, Boca Raton. So, it's a, you know, it's a good sightseeing area for us guys. We're there in Boca Raton, Florida. <clears throat> I had a client who was what? A plastic surgeon in Boca Raton. And Sophie, who I went to high school with, pre-turned mine, her dad and her family, also plastic surgeons in Boca Raton. So all the people I know in Boca Raton are all plastic surgeons, making millions upon millions of dollars. <laughs> but that's where Florida Atlantic is, and that's where uh, Coach Willie Tack has made me a lot of money uh, his story is very interesting as you study corporate governance. If you're putting harder money on these games, uh, you have to be able to research and apply the research in order to monetize consistently and being able to scale. Willie Taggart from Brayton, in Florida, first met him when he was like you know, 11 years old. He came to a street football game, running fast. I'm like, this kid's fast. Uh, from Brainton, and I remember these little kids, 11, 12 years old, came from Brainton, and there were, you know, street football game for us at Lakewood High, St. Petersburg, Florida, and Willie Tagger. So I'm Willie. Yeah, I remember seeing him again when we played uh, for Brainton and Manatee, I believe. And I'm like, man, that's that little kid. Next thing I know, he's at Western Kentucky. Like, who's the coach of Western Kentucky? Daddy Harbaugh. Jack Harbaugh, whose two sons uh, are both making, let's say, a combined uh, $20 million coaching football next year. Uh, Jim's making more money than his brother, who's an NFL coach. Uh, he's making $10 million in Michigan. The guy in Baltimore, I think, is making seven, eight million. So that's $17 million worth of head coaches by Jack Harbaugh, who coached Willie Taggart, who's now the head coach at Florida Atlantic. They were doing your betting breakthrough now. So Willie Taggart goes there, becomes a star quarterback. And then uh, when he graduates, he comes on the staff and starts recruiting NFL caliber players to Western Kentucky. There wasn't even uh, FBS at that point. He recruits them, they win, 
the FCS, uh, national title. Now, who recruited Willie Taggart to Western Kentucky? It was Jim Harbaugh. So, after Western Kentucky wins the FBS national title, Willie Taggart starts to coach at Stanford as a running backs coach with Jim Hart. Might have been in San Diego, I've got to research, but at some point he ends up with uh, Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. He recruits um, Gearhart. And Gearhart almost wins the national, almost wins the, the Heisman Trophy, recruited by Willie Taggart. He recruits some other guys and ended up in the NFL. So he's doing a lot of good recruiting, uh, winning the Harbaugh family, a lot of football games. So Willie, after that, becomes head coach of Western Kentucky. Uh, Western Kentucky was losing at that point when he came in. He turned the program around, got him to a bowl game. And then I met him as the uh, alumni head for the alumni group in San Diego, California for USF. I met him on conference calls, went to the break room with him one time. And he's mad and chose these guys out of bench 225. These guys can't bench 225. I'm like, what? These guys can't bench 225. What coach? So myself and coach are, are benching 225, teaching uh, these recruits and walk-offs uh, to bench 225. It was shocked me that a guy going to college and playing at high level uh, college football can't bench 225. But you know, we did our work there. He changed that program around. Everybody's benching 225. Even the managers and secretaries, everybody benching 225 after Willie Taggart left. Uh, but his offense wasn't working after year two. So they bring in uh, Desert Swart, coach. I forgot his name, Tony. They bring in Coach Tony from Arizona, longtime West Coast, West Coast coach. Uh, and he helped. Willie take that power running game and make it into kind of a, still a, a power game, but more of a spread attack. Uh, spread the team out, get get certain guys out of the box. But remember, Willie Tiger recruited uh, Ernest, the Ernest Johnson, who you see playing for the Cleveland Clowns. A lot of USF guys who got into the NFL. Uh, Marlon, uh, Marlon Mack who played for Indianapolis, who's now, I believe, in Houston. So he put a lot of guys in the NFL out of USF. Last two years, he did good. But the reason he did good was because Tony took the offense. So basically, Coach was putting uh, round objects into square pegs because offensive linemen are for them to gain weight in Tampa because of the heat and humidity. But he parlayed that. Now, Willie has a great agent, right? Forgot the guy's name, doesn't come to mind, but he has, he has great uh, agents from the South. The guy used to be a Tennessee, and he's kind of like an SEC guy, uh, Bear Bryant coach parlay, where Bear Bryant, Used to get coaches hired and get a cut. He used to do a coach parlay where he used to uh, 
place two or three coaches and they kind of work with each other. So um, I'll put the name of this agent in the episode notes. So what the agent did was do a coach parlay where Jimbo Fisher went from Florida State to Texas A&M and Willie Tagger went from Oregon to Florida State. So after two good years at USF, not really for his own doing, even though he recruited well, he goes to Oregon. He works those guys out too hard. He gets him sick, gets himself in trouble. There's a lawsuit. He goes to Florida State. Has two bad years at Florida State. Recruited somewhat well. And now he's with us at Florida Atlantic. Eight guys coming back on offense. Six coming back on defense. Last year was a five and seven year. Remember, this is a big-time developmental coach. He had me in the locker room when I went to visit. as an alumni guy. He gave us a tour. Next thing I know, I'm teaching guys how to bench press. All right, so it's 125 career starts. Coach Tiger was really good at roster management, really good recruiter, really good at roster management. Deep in his heart, he believes in the Jimmys and the Joes for Winston versus next to the nose. But he... If I were him, I would definitely get another coach Tommy in there to help him tweak things as the, as the year goes along. Give him ideas. Because all this guy likes to do is play in a phone booth and run you over, right? Uh, like the Harfile family likes to do. That's what he learned. He's won a lot of games doing that. But again, if you live in the past, you die in the past. So I want to coach and make some adjustments. That's me. What do I know, right? I just make money off this game. Because of his style of play, most of these games will go under, right? And he covers as a dog, does not cover as a favorite, right? Because for him, style of play, a 10-point lead is really a 20-point lead. And, uh, the odds sometimes get it wrong. Great job with his defensive coordinator choice, Mike Stoops from the Stoops family. All right? So Mike Stoops, uh, his brother won a national title and other brother Mike Stoops resurrected the Kentucky program. They all meet in the summer, compare notes, compare strategy. Uh, Mike Stoops is defensive coordinator for your blue blood. Oklahoma with brother Bob won the national championship. Was a head coach at Arizona for seven years and had some really good teams in Arizona. 30 year special team coordinator is Aaron Woody from Brayton, Florida as well. Another guy who lights out recruiting. These guys will recruit pros. Florida Atlantic, the way he recruited pros to Western Kentucky, the way he recruited pros to USF, the way he recruited pros to Oregon and, and Florida State, two blue bloods. They're easy for, for him to recruit and he did well. Uh, but again, the XSNO's got him there and I predicted it was going to get him there. So I made money off the fact that the real reason he did well was what Coach told me at USF, and that unless he brings a coach Tommy type with him, uh, he's not going to win games and you're a match of talent he can recruit in there. So that's something, hey, I actually want him to work on that. But who am I, right? Who am I to tell coach anything? The guy got $18 million, $18 million payout. So as a 
financial services rep, I know that you need 3.5 million cash, 3.5 million dollars in assets to never work another day in your life. And Willie got 18 million just for Florida State. So that's why he can come here and work for 750,000 for your Florida Atlantic Owls. So they have good corporate governance in their staff. They have a lot of guys coming back on that offensive line. Uh, Charlotte. So both those teams are going to be at, in the AAC. So no advantage there. Uh, September 24th at Purdue. Look for them to cover that game. Uh, Big 10 inflated line. People are just going to be betting the name Purdue. Oh, I saw the Big Ten channel. It do look good. I'm going to bet Purdue. So we make money going the other way. So look, September 24th, Purdue. Uh, give me Willie Taggart and your Florida Atlantic Owls in the under. Good style play. Man, I'm ready to go. Having fun. All right. Middle Tennessee State. Uh, Teamwork makes the dream work. Chase Nolan, who's on our Pac-12 preview, starting quarterback at Oregon State, started his career at Middle Tennessee State. Gives us a lot of great information on Coach Rick Stockstill, who has made his team bowl eligible 10 of the last 13 seasons. That's five coming back on offense, 600 cents. He's always been good with transfers. Now the transfer portal is going to be even better. Uh, they're a team that gets better as the year goes along. They return 68 guys. Uh, Cesare starts on the offensive line. So that's a key. They get better as the season goes along. So at James Madison, coming up from the FBS first game at home, Mr. Bet James Madison. But then later in the season, uh, when they have Charlotte at home, FAU at home, and at FIU, you really got to start looking at Middle Tennessee State as they always make a run late in the season and lose and not cover early in the season. So that's your Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. So Charlotte, uh, I like teams like Charlotte. I like coaches like Coach Will Healy. Coach Healy did a great job at Austin P. So to be good, these coaches, man, that have such success in the lower college football, they sleep, drink, and eat football. They're married to the game of football. When they go to sleep at night, they're thinking about football to be this good with no, you know, people are talking about the UFC. UCLA going to the Big Ten, making $100 million a year per team. You know, they get all the advantages of, the, you know, all the fame, all the attention. So teams that don't have anything, no attention, no money, and they're still winning games. They're still doing good, right? They're still uh, providing for their families and more. And these colleges look awesome, P, man. That's talent in my book. That's, you know, but then again, I'm biased because I had a 12 seed restaurant that I bought for $6,000 and I sold it for $800,000 in, in 2003. So I was the underdog. So I like underdogs. So I was the underdog. I was competing against McDonald's, Pizza Hut, uh, chains, mafia chains, competing against all of them. We're 
we were able to win, right? With uh, good fortune, good luck, and being good. You need all three uh, when you're the underdog. But Coach Healy, again, great development. So a guy wins at Austin P. shows you he can develop talent. He's good at roster management. I believe this is the second year. Remember, teams recruit in two-year cycles. So Charlotte. They have 46 career starts in the offensive line. Eight coming back on offense, though. Six on defense coming back, a five and seven year. Uh, you have to do your research on that. Game by game scenario. But Coach Healy, great developmental coach, with all things being equal, uh, the fact that he can make something out of nothing and knows how to make adjustments on the fly, right? Uh, I remember uh, there was a review for the restaurant. And the day the, the credit came, they never told me when they tell me was the day I had to improvise. Uh, but that review we got was a you know, five-star review, tripled profit for the restaurant, uh, continuous for 12 months because of the article. And the day the, the credit came, I did not have all the ingredients for the food she ate, but it was still good. Uh, great coach can do that. And Will Hill is that type. That's your breakdown of Charlotte when you are uh, wagering on Charlotte 49ers uh, games. Now, the reason they're in the AAC is because uh, this investment money coming in the program is a big tra uh, criteria for Commissioner Oresco. Big money coming in. So, as a result of the big money coming in the program, I think they're going to get a new stadium. In a very good TV market, I think they're top 50, top 40 TV market. Uh, look for the Charlotte program to be better than not. Uh, long time NFL college defensive back coach. It's a new defense coordinator, Greg Brown. We got money to hire, good staff, good corporate governance. All right, so that's your Charlotte 49ers. Next is Sonny Cumbry. And your Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Now, they had just finished being coached by Skip Holtz, who got fired at USF, and then Willie Tiger came. Uh, he got fired here last year after going three and nine. Eight coming back on defense, which I guess, you know, I guess it, you got to look and mitigate things, right? Because eight coming back on defense, but how good are these guys? <laughs> they gave up a lot of points last year, right? 35 to Mississippi State. Actually, that was a great game. They had a big lead. They blew it. They gave up 42 points to FBS, Southeast Louisiana. 39 to SMU. Uh, 45 to San Antonio. 52 to UAB. So how good are these guys and how good can somebody come and get them in the year? Now, Cumbria is a disciple of Mike Leach. Air raid, you're going to throw it around a lot. Skip Holtz was an offensive coach. He knows how to recruit offensive guys. But really, you got to start looking at overs on these games. At Missouri. Uh, Dirkowitz, you like Dirkowitz? Whatever his name is over there at uh, Missouri, likes to put points on the board. First game of the season. This game has to be a shootout. Bet the over now. 
before it gets too inflated. They play at Clemson. I actually look for that game to be under because Clemson's a defensive team. So once they get a big lead, right? Once they get a big lead, you're not keeping them awake. It's just crazy. I'm actually excited. It's just when you're old, you're old. <laughs> uh, Clemson's a defensive team. So a 20-point lead is really like a 60-point lead. And the line might be inflated. You know, Vegas looking at it fast. Uh, home games against teams that are leaving, they really don't have them. So that's not really going to be coming into play. Other than the, the Rice game on October 27th. They go play at the team they're leaving. So they actually have a tough schedule, reorganization year. We look for a coach to, you know, be on the offensive, uh, offensive side of things, right? Try to just get into shootouts, kind of like Arkansas State did last year. Uh, coach uh, Jones, Coach uh, Jones, they try to get into shootouts as they organize their programs and work in two-year recruiting cycles. Next year, look for Louisiana Tech to be more uh, in a weaker conference. Look for them uh, to step up. Ian Ruskin, Louisiana. Down on the bottom. Now you have the Rice Owls to start at USC. Uh, Coach Mike Bloomgren is a Harbaugh family disciple. So we got two Harbaugh family disciples in this conference. Uh, to me, reading up on them and doing the research on them, they really feel like Texas program with Philip Montgomery, where they had a lot of bad years with the same coach. The coach keeps saying, I'm sure he's telling uh, uh, alumni, he's telling the AD, man, we're this close. We're this close. Last year, they had one, two, three close games. So they say, hey, we could have been seven and six. We were three plays from being seven and six last year. So Harvard family, even in the NFL, you got to look at the under. And you got to look at them covering as dogs, right? And not covering when they end up being a favorite, which doesn't seem to be much this year where they're going to be favorites. Uh, at USC, first game of the season, look at those lines, right? You got to think. Bryce, because Bryce is returning seven on offense, seven on defense, and USC is going to be inflated. They got a new coach, new schemes, and they have to keep things in their back pockets because USC has bigger fish to fry this season than Bryce. You would think the USC feels they could just line up and beat Rice. So you got to look at what that line is. And these right styles, remember, developmental coaches, the Harbaugh family knows how to develop players, even though they come from Michigan, which is blue blood. Uh, Harbaugh coached at the University of San Diego. He coached at Stanford. Stanford, the developmental program, and did well. So this guy comes from that coaching tree. They're focused on developing players. Uh, and they're in an up cycle with – 92 career starts in that offensive line going against USC. So you got to see what happens. Uh, 
And you got to look at return to the mean, too. The coach is 11 and 31, but has increased wins each of the last four years. He has great assistance. Offensive coordinator is uh, Marcus Tuli Asasopo, uh, played in the Pac 12. He's coached in the Pac 12 forever. He's a great recruiter. And Bruce Smith, at Brian Smith, rather, it's a defense coordinator. That's just being a defensive uh, back coach at University of Michigan with Dan Brown. And he was a linebacker's coach for your Philadelphia Eagles and New York Jets. The man knows defense. Have all summer to study USC, which you got to think you're going to have to play basic against Rice. Rice is on the upswing and keep things in the back pocket for bigger games later in the season. So you got to look hard, do your research, make sure no, everybody's not hurt from uh, fall practice. We got to look hard at the Rice Owls. They're also leading for the AAC because they're in a great market, Dallas, and they're uh, made a commitment in writing to invest in the program. So you got to look at USC, at Houston, in state game. Got to look at incident is Rice in Houston. I think they're. Let's see where Rice is. I know they're in a big city, either Dallas or Houston, but Rice. University. Yep, they're in Houston. Tuition is $49,000 a year. Good school. Enrollment is 7,200 people. But it's a good school. So that means that, let me see their endowment. Uh, high end school with rich alumni. Their, their endowment to 21 was $8.1 billion with a B, $8.1 billion endowment for the Harvard of the South, Rice University. <laughs> All right. So that's why they're going to the AAC, higher level conference. They're going to invest in the program because they have $8.1 billion in their endowment. And Maybe to career starts to cover for us against USC. We don't know. We, I, I got to do more research, but man, that's a basis for that pick right now. The Rice Isles. Now, very interesting to me is your FIU. My friends graduate from FIU. Every school is good, right? Independent, independent studies. Uh, really, college is teaching you how to study and do research for yourself, right? It doesn't matter if you go to Harvard or if you go to Chico State. You still got to do the work alone by yourself in the library, reading books and knowing what you're doing, and then going out there and doing some business networking and make a career for yourself, wherever you go. FIU, same story. Now, when you look at the corporate governance of FIU, they had Bush Davis was the last coach who won the national. Uh, did he win the national? But he, he had Willis McGahee in them. He built that national championship team. 
at Miami, you have one of the greatest, you built one of the greatest rosters of all time before you go to the Cleveland Clowns to be coach. He was the last coach here at FIU. Got in a fight with the administration. Uh, they only returned 25 the guys on the offensive line. They went one in 11 last year. But the coach this year is a guy who uh, resuscitated from the dead the St. Jose State program. Left there winning, you know, 10, 11 games last two years there. Resuscitated the Colorado program. The greater Colorado uh, brought that team back from nothing to do well. Uh, he's great at hiring coaches. His daddy was a coach. His dad coached for Fran Kersey. I remember him from Tampa. Frank Kersey used to be a commentator. Had a conversation with him once. Uh, good guy. He's the only guy, Frank Kersey, who was a mentor to Coach McIntyre. Dad was the only coach at the University of Kentucky to win an SEC title. It was vacated for uh, cheating. But hey, they won the title. They won the title on the field. Uh, McIntyre's a great developmental coach. Yeah, his teams get better as the season go along. So bet against them early and bet for them late in the season. Vegas will adjust the line the wrong way. And, you know, you got to think FIU games, you're using your knowledge against the backup, uh, the backup bookmaker. This mismatch is to be able to pick FIU games better than the bookmaker. Why? Because you're listening to the podcast and know that Coach McIntyre Great at developing players. Uh, they get better as the year goes along. And you bet against them early and for them late. Right? Like that at UTEP, maybe. Middle Tennessee State, last game of the season. Might not be a bad pick to pick FIU. Dude, All right, man. So I've had a lot of fun, but it's not about fun. It's about there's a recession coming, there's inflation coming, and it's the highest, best use of your time. But when you manage people's money, uh, your financial services rep, you always have to keep your mind sharp. You have to be able to make good decisions for yourself and those around you, your clients. So they keep coming back. People with 40, 50 million dollars keep coming back because I, I help them on a professional level. And I translate that into the sports betting podcast and we're thrilled that high school class listens to us, part of the syllabus, college class listens to us, part of the syllabus, because we do business financial concepts. And we also practice the fact that when you give one, you get 10 back. And it's not religion or philanthropy, it's business. And we quote Winston Churchill, and Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the SBC Sports Betting Podcast. It's a great idea to Benji Podcast when you get ready to bet college football as the season starts. Say the name. Yes, sir.
Yes, sir. Roll that one. Fuck you. Yeah.